Well, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the blood and the body of Christ shed on the cross for us. I thank you, Lord, for the new life that emerges through the church. Lord, let us see that this morning. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, since Easter, we've been doing a series called Kingdom Come. Made it all the way through the book of Luke. So good job. Give yourself a round of applause. That's 24 chapters, and we went through pretty much every one. And the exciting thing is that when you look in your Bible, after Luke comes John, and yet it really shouldn't because Luke and Acts were written together. It does a disservice there. And so as we turn the corner into Acts, as the kingdom has come, now the kingdom goes. And it's really fun to watch. And it's a testament for why we're even here, is that the kingdom went through the centuries across nations to Hampton, Iowa. Isn't that exciting? That the kingdom went. And it's exciting that the kingdom is still going. And yet, all of that is rooted in what we just celebrated at the Lord's table here. That in order for the church to go forward, we always have to look back into what we're rooted in. And we have to, yeah, we can go to the next slide. You got it. She keeps me on track back there. It's good. She sees how many slides I got. (laughs) So this idea of looking back is this idea of what are we witnesses of? And Luke, as he goes through the gospel and then into the book of Acts, he roots this great commission, this great task of the church. And he says it a little differently than we hear in Matthew. Matthew is usually the verse we quote for the Great Commission. And yet here, Luke sums it up as this word. The church is to give witness. And what happens first, and we'll look at that today, is that this word witness is a noun before it's a verb. Does that make sense? I mean, try pretend you go... You have to testify in court, okay? This term witness, witnessing, that was a legal term before it was ever a Christian term. So imagine being brought before court and someone says, what happened the night of the 24th, right? What are you going to share? You're going to share what you saw, where you were. You say, I was sitting at home and I was watching my favorite TV show, Okay? I was a witness of a TV program. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I wasn't where you thought I was. I was at home watching my TV show. Or if you were there, you were a witness to what happened. And whether you say to someone what happened or not, whether you do the verb or not, you're still the noun. You're a witness of what happened. And so just like the kingdom has to come first in our life, 
before we can go out, give witness, we have to have a new identity first before we behave any differently. And so as a church, we always have to look back. What is it that we've seen? In your prayer life, as you read Scripture, in your walk with the Lord, what is it that you've seen and are seeing? And oftentimes, I think we struggle giving witness to the world because we try and repeat what someone else has told us. We try and fabricate a story when it's just as simple as Peter standing up in Acts 2 and saying, listen, let me tell you what I've seen. Let me tell you what I have experienced. And it's amazing that as Luke paints this picture, it boils down to that one thing. What are we left on earth for here? We're to give witness. Witness to the fact that Jesus is alive. So the New Testament says that the church is a pillar and a support of the truth. The truth that God is alive. The world needs to see that He is alive and that He is not dead. And so, through the morning here, I'm going to ask you to say amen ten times. Can you do that for me? Amen. All right. That didn't count. That was a bonus. All right? <laughs> that was a bonus. I still need ten more. You still got it? All right. <laughs> there you said yes there instead of amen. So ten more. And I'm going to cue you, all right? I'm going to cue you. So let's go to our first verse here. So, to recap, the Gospel of Luke ends on chapter 24. And what happened in chapter 24, there's three stories. There's women that come to the tomb, and two angels tell them, Jesus is not here, he's alive. So they run back and they witness. They tell the disciples, here's what happened. And they don't believe them. And then two of the disciples are walking to. Emmaus, about a few miles out of Jerusalem, and Jesus walks alongside them. And he opens their eyes and they see that it's Jesus. They had disregarded it. They were telling Jesus, these women had an amazing report and we didn't know what to make of it. Well, Jesus tells them what to make of it. And so then they run back to the disciples and they say, Jesus is alive. And the disciples still don't believe it. And at the very end of Luke 24, which is how the gospel wraps up, Jesus appears to the disciples. As those from Emmaus were telling the story, Jesus appears. And he tells them, he shows them he's alive. And he says these words. He doesn't say, now go witness to everyone. <laughs> he says, the noun, right? He says, you are now witnesses. You've seen it. You've seen it. And before this, what, what is it that they see? So go to the next slide, please. 
So before this, Jesus says, look, look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me, make sure. Make sure, church, make sure that you really know. Jesus is offering his hands and his feet, saying you need to be sure. Touch me, do what you need to do. Experience me. Be in my presence because you need to remember this if you're going to go do what you're called to do. If you're going to go stand before kings and emperors and testify that you know me, you need to be sure of this. Don't fabricate a story. Be authentic. Is this real for you? And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. The following verses here says that Jesus opened their minds to understand the scriptures, that he was the Messiah, that he suffered, that he died, that he rose again. Something happening here, there's a combination here of the objective and the subjective, the truth and the experience. And our culture has swung really far into just valuing experiences, okay? To the point that it's just your truth, my truth, your experience, my truth. That's it, okay? There's, there's no link. And as Christians, we have the link. We have link to Scripture and to the Spirit of God. Those are real things that drive our experience. But... We can't just be over here say we've got the truth. We've got the what's objective. And yet show a world dry bones. Does that make sense? To show a world that it doesn't make a difference. To show the world that there's no delight in the cross. To show the world that nothing has changed. Experience by itself is not enough, but you can't miss that. As we've been sharing that the cross is the most precious jewel the world has ever seen, we need to show that that's real in our experience. That there's a joy that people don't understand. That there's a hope that we have in a hopeless world. That message is summed up in verse 47 after this where he says, you tell them, you tell them that there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. This is what you're to witness. But not until you've experienced it yourself. So, I missed two cues already. <laughs> but we looked that we are witnesses here we're looking at Jesus are alive. If you believe that, can I get a witness? Amen. Thank you. Let's go to Acts here as we turn the page. So Jesus now is alive and he spends 40 days visiting his disciples. How cool is that? And so when we go to the first verse here of Acts that we're going to look at today, this is the core of the Great Commission section where he tells them, I'm going to summarize this. This is what I want from you. This is why you're living and breathing. 
this is what it means to follow me, says, you will be my witnesses. It's a noun. You see me each day. And then just simply tell people what you see. I like simple. Our culture doesn't do simple. It gets so complicated. And often it can sound like a church just wants to add another thing to the plate, another thing to the plate. Simple. Let your life, everything, be summarized in I'm a witness. I'm a witness. That's what I do what I do. I see him. I tell people what I've seen. I spend time with him. He shapes me and I live a little different. If what you're doing doesn't fit into that category, it needs to be cut out. It won't last. It won't be satisfying. But when we live according to what God's called us to do, it's satisfying. And there's joy in it. And it gives an explanation of what this witness is. It goes, in other words, tell people about me everywhere. He's not calling them to be uh, going around and arguing people. And they can tell them, what have you seen? Pass it along. Be a witness. Witness is always valid in the court of law. <laughs> tell what you've seen. Someone might disagree with you. All right. Tell them what you've seen. And Jesus is alive. Amen. So, yeah, can I get a witness? All right, you guys are keeping me on track. This is fun. So yeah, witnesses of what? So at the beginning of this chapter, it says that those 40 days after he suffered and died and rose again, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. He proved to them that he, in many ways, that he was actually alive. I love that. May God prove to you in many ways Many times, a daily renewal, <laughs> may today be another one of them, as you look at the church and the fellowship, a unity that we can have that shouldn't be there other than the fact that God's spirit unites us together as you're here in corporate praise and you realize that, man, there is something transcendent here, something beyond us. May today, as you look at God's word and his scripture, and he speaks to your heart and you let it in, let it be one of those reminders as you hear a baptism and a story of what God's done in the lives of two young people, may it be a testimony to you, yes, I can touch them. I can feel them. That he is real and that he is alive. That was a bonus. I think I still have uh, seven more, maybe. At least count. The word amen, it means, it means it's true. Or it's used prophetically at the end of a prayer, saying, let it be true. It means it is true. I know it in my bones. So, at the end of Acts 1, they decide, these disciples, they need to replace their, the 12th disciple. 
as God had called him to do. And I love how he phrases it here. Who will join us? Who will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection? I love how he summarized that, that that was the criteria, right? That's a big job description to be one of the 12 disciples. That's a pretty big job description. I would have thought, like, <laughs> there needed to be that long list of qualifications, right? Like, you know, an associate's degree, willing to add on extra assignment. You know, you know what I'm talking about. We've all applied for jobs. What's the criteria here? He's got to be a witness. If he's going to join us in what we're about to do. That's what it all boils down to. That's the summary of the church. We're going to be a witness. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 And can I get a witness? Right? There's people in this church doing that. Because of that, there's more people in this church doing that. This doesn't start here. It started with these 11 guys saying, you know what, I think God's calling us to add one more. You see that? That beautiful unfolding plan of God. One more. There's a story of a little girl that's throwing starfish back into the sea after the tide went in. and An older man came up to her saying, what are you doing? There's so many. You're not going to make a difference. You're not going to help the population grow here. She has the one in her hand. She goes, well, it mattered to this one. <laughs> Threw it back. She made a point, and I think she was right. That one more matters. I mean, how do you put how do you put, the, put a value on a soul, right? How do you do that? Hundred bucks to share the gospel. Bibles we can spend for a matter of dollars and get to people that have never had one. Yeah, what's the value of a soul? Million dollars? A billion? I mean, what is the value of a soul compared to something like chaff that the wind will blow away? That is why the church is called to be witness. That's how we were born. That's what we're to live out. So the rest of Acts, this idea doesn't go away, by the way. <laughs> it runs like a tidal wave. And so I'm going to show you a few chapters. Chapter 2. This is now 50 days after the resurrection, not 40. It's the next, it's the second of the three Jewish festivals. Jesus was crucified on the first one. The second one now, the Holy Spirit descends and empowers the witness of the disciples. And Peter gets up and he just tells them, hey, I've seen God and he's opened my eyes to the scriptures. Let me share with you about Jesus. And he does. 
And there's probably some anticipation for this message because everybody went home a little scratch in their heads when Jesus died and rose again. And now, as the law commands, all of the Israelites are back at Jerusalem for the second Jewish feast. Peter gives this witness. He says, God raised Jesus from the dead. We are all witnesses of this. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. Here's another one. Let's go to the next chapter, 3. He says to those in Jerusalem, he goes, you killed the author of life. It was their sin and our sin that were the nails that he willingly took on the cross. He says, but God raised them from the dead and what we are witnesses of this fact. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. Let's go on here to five. Again, we are witnesses of these things. Can I get a witness? Is that true for you? Amen. You guys are doing great. This is fun. This is fun. Acts 22. So now this is Paul. About halfway through Acts, this witness, as it begins with Peter's leadership, it extends now to Paul as Paul starts to travel the world. He eventually ends up in the epicenter of the known world in Rome by the end of the book to show that this thing is going to the ends of the earth just as Jesus said it would. And he says, Paul is told, he goes, you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you have seen and heard. Can I get a witness out here? Amen. Amen. And then in 26, this is again recounting when Paul first met Jesus. He says, who are you, Lord? It starts with that. If you don't know who Jesus is, you're not part of this thing. And so he says, who are you? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. What does he tell him to do? Get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you to be my servant and witness. And go tell people that you have seen me. Go tell people that you have seen me. Can we as a church be a witness? Say amen. 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 I love a passage out of 1 John. The whole book, it just starts by saying that we have seen, we have heard what we're passing on to you. And it says we've seen it with our own eyes, touched it with our own hands. It's based on a witness that this is real for me. I'm not making this up. I don't need to read a textbook and then to go try and convince you something. This is what I am experiencing. Yes, it's rooted in objective truth, but let me tell you what I'm living out. Let's go to the next slide, please. False witness. As I was praying yesterday on my knees of what does the church need to hear, this started to grip me a bit. Remember that ninth commandment, thou shalt not bear false witness. And as I think about this every time I get up to preach, saying, Lord, am I just studying something and teaching something? Or am, 
Am I actually giving witness to what you're doing in my life? Proverbs 14.25 says that a truthful witness saves lives. A truthful witness saves lives. But a false witness betrays. As we claim to be Christians, we claim to have seen Jesus. That he opened the eyes of our hearts. And then Jesus says, you're a witness. And the world puts us on the stand. What do we have to say? I remember one time in high school, it was the end of my senior year, the same time that I was starting to memorize some scripture and having a little bit of a personal revival. And our high school selected me of one other, of three, uh, two other kids. Uh, I don't know if it's a homecoming thing, I can't remember. Um, the grass withers and the flowers fall, don't they? But three of us were selected and, and we were recorded to give advice to the rest of the, the school district, K through 12, the school. And I remember I was memorizing Psalm 1 and I thought to myself, man, I should give them that as my advice. And I didn't. I told them instead, you should have good friends. And the next buddy of mine, he's a, he was a Christian buddy in my youth group, he told a semi-inappropriate joke. And that was it. And I thought, what a blown opportunity. I had a chance to be remembered. These kids that God gave me a platform to be tall, to play basketball, whatnot, just to be a high schooler. Kids love that. Middle school kids love high schoolers, right? I had a chance to be known for being a witness. And I didn't take it. When in fact I had really seen God move in my life. He really was doing something beautiful. All I had to do is just say, guys, put me, tally, put me in the tally box on the side here that's saying, God is alive. Can I get a witness? Amen. Amen. So can we get a witness? Is Jesus who he says he is? To that we say, amen. Can Jesus break any chain? To that we say, Amen. Is Jesus truly the way worth living? The truth worth believing? And the life? To that we say, Amen. It's all of history pointed back to the cross of Jesus Christ, of Him buried and raised. To that church, can I get a witness? Amen. And after this next song, we're going to have two more. They're going to share their witness saying, yeah. Let me use this platform, this opportunity to say amen.
So worship team, you're invited up here. Let me pray. Lord, let us be a witness of your beauty deep in our soul. This is our prayer as a church. In Jesus' name, amen.